Welcome to another episode of 9to5Mac Overtime. Today we got some goodies coming up. We got some leaks of some new products, hopefully. You know, Vision Pro came and went, and now we're looking forward. But I am your co-host, Fernando, and this is... Jeff Benjamin. How's it going, everybody? Happy Saturday, hopefully, depending on when this is going on. Everybody's enjoying their weekend. Getting you guys through maybe a little car ride with the family or something like that, or maybe a little treadmill workout. But uh, we're here with, with another good show. I'm excited for this one. How you feeling? I'm feeling good, man. I'm excited as well. Like that that iPad story was a big one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. I'm definitely. Yeah, I know it. you're excited for sure. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. And uh, I mean, let's just dive right into it, man. I mean, we got some news. Our very own Felipe got some insider source news that uh, we got new dimensions for iPads, man. And we're finally. I mean, I'm saying finally, but it's going to complicate the lineup even more. But we're getting a new not product category, but just like a new iPad in general with a new iPad Air. And then we got the dimensions of the new iPad Pros. But I think we should start, let's start with the iPad Airs, right? So iPad Airs from a dimension standpoint, it's going to be the same 10.9 inch one. So it'll still have the same like 11 inch iPad Pro form factor, the same iPad Air form factor that we've kind of grown to love. Uh, Still the single camera. Uh, I think it's going to be like a millimeter or like a 0.1 millimeter thinner than the previous one. But the bigger showstopper, in my opinion, is that we're getting a 12.9-inch iPad Air, which I think is a beautiful idea. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think like I think we talked about this in the last episode a little bit. A little bit, uh, yeah. But yeah, that's a big deal. That thing is going to sell. That's going to be a hot seller for sure. Like especially if it's yeah. priced in a reasonable, you know, reasonable area. Um, I think it's probably going to occupy the price of the 11-inch Pro. I think um, so too close yeah. to that and then the pros are going to be more expensive but mm-hmm. uh i think it's going to sell sell pretty well no i agree i mean the same way that you know iphone 15 plus is selling well the same way the 15 inch macbook air is selling well people don't really care about or at least a lot of people don't really care about promotion and the the latest and greatest screen tech they just want a crisp operating system that works ipad os is known to work you know it's been ahead of its time in my opinion at least from a uh from a usability standpoint, maybe not from an ins and outs on the software, but you know, you turn on an iPad, you know it's going to work, no matter if it's a year old or seven years old, which is crazy. So people just want that bigger display, and I think we're finally going to get it with this new iPad Air. I essentially think it's going to be a 2018 iPad Pro without ProMotion. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, right? the 12.9 inch <laughs> version, right? And and that's cool because those have always started at like a thousand dollars. Yeah. So you're getting in the game close to $800 or so, seven, 800, um, with the 12.9 inch display. That's pretty, that's pretty nice. Now, do you, what do you think about the, cause the iPad, one of the detriments of the iPad air, at least the current one is it's nice that it has the M one iPad pro and it's the cheapest, I mean, it's nice that it has the M one chip. I'm sorry. And it's the cheapest way to be able to use things like stage manager and extended monitor support for an iPad, but it starts at 64 gigs right now for $600, which is crazy in 2024. Do we think we're going to get 128 for the baseline? I would think so. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it's just 60. Yeah. I, I, I would think so for that price. And it just seems like it would be ridiculous. Never say mm-hmm. never, but it seems like it would be <laughs> ridiculous that uh, to start off with such a low amount of storage in 2024. Yeah. Like I can't imagine a, a 12.9 inch iPad Air at $800 starting at 64 gigs. No. Like, would they operate like I feel like iPad OS. 17 would barely be able to run at that point, you know? Yeah, it's just, yeah, that, that would be, that would be crazy. 
Mm-hmm. Let's, let's, let's hope for the best. <laughs> let's hope for the best there. And then, I mean, I'm sure Apple's going to keep the same type of uh, increments and in capacity. They'll probably only give us one larger increment. I bet you it'll be like 128 or 512. And that's pretty much pick your poison in terms of what you want to upgrade and then kind of go from there. And then do you yeah. think it's going to work with... Uh, I guess it'll continue to work with all the different accessories that are currently out right now, right? Yeah, and that's the cool thing about it. Like having that same form factor, it's going to work with what I'm using right now. Hopefully Mm -hmm. the uh, Magic Keyboard, of course, it'll work with the Apple Pencil. Uh, And there's lots of other accessories out there that it should play nice with. Now, another thing, before we get into the iPad Pro, do you think they're going to change the orientation of the camera on the Air? Or that's going to be just a pro-level feature? I would hope it would change. Yeah. Um, but that obviously introduces complications with some accessories. The cheapest iPad now has that. Well, technically, is it still the cheapest? Are they still selling the ninth gen? They still technically do, but I'm still considering the 10th gen the cheapest one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, if that, I've, I feel like that set like the stage for what's to come because there were, there were no new iPads last year at all. Yeah. Um, so I think. Like, why would Apple just change that one model to introduce a feature that people have been wanting for <laughs> for years? For so long. Just, yeah. And I I mean, just to go back to that tension iPad, I, the Apple Pencil situation on that thing, Apple loves to just complicate things for what seems to be like no reason, you know? <laughs> and then just confuse us even more. Yeah, we are so far from like, remember the Steve Jobs, like the quadrant like thing is the simplicity of the setup there. We are so far removed from that, which is a good thing in some respects, because the more options, the better. But sometimes there's so many options, it gets confusing. And the iPad lineup is probably the most confusing that's ever been. I'm trying to imagine myself as just a like my mom or somebody like that trying to trying to decide what iPad do I buy? And it's just super confusing. So most people just say, Hey, I just want the cheapest, even if it's going to be a worse experience it, or it doesn't really fulfill what they need. It's just so com- confusing. You just kind of default to, well, what's the cheapest iPad? No, even my, so my dad is in the market for a new iPad. He had a, just an old one that kind of just croaked after a while. And like, I don't know what to recommend him. <laughs> Cause he, you know, he, he, he had a, I want to say it was the first iPad Pro, like with the home button still. I think it was like a 10 point something inch, right? But, uh, oh, 10.5? Yeah, yeah, the 10.5 one. Yeah. Worked with the Apple Pencil one. Yeah. Uh, that thing was from like 2016 or something, 2017. But it was working. But one day it just kind of stopped. But I like, I don't know what to recommend him because he uses it to surf the web, watch YouTube, do some normal stuff. But every now and then he likes to do a little bit of work stuff. He'll open up a PowerPoint here and there and stuff like that. So I'm like, first off, I said, wait, wait a couple weeks. Because whatever happens and then whether new ones come out, old ones are going to get cheaper and then kind of just figure it out from there. I think he's going to go iPad Air out, but he could go with an iPad Pro or he could go with an iPad 10 generation. It's just there's no real rhyme or reason to go with either of the other ones. Yeah. And then you throw in on top of all the new hardware, all the refurbished and all the used items that are like and not even used, but just old stock. Do you recommend the 2018 iPad Pro? Yeah, maybe. Over yeah. an iPad Air, it could be actually cheaper. And you get the better screen. And like, again, there's so many things to, like my wife's 2018 iPad Pro still works perfectly. That thing is six years old. It's yeah. crazy. And it's still powerful. She still has her slim folio keyboard. There's never been an issue with it. It's just, uh, right now it's like the baby monitor, which is an expensive baby monitor, but it's uh, the iPads, 
they hold the best resale value, in my opinion. They last a long time. But right now, it's just very confusing as to what to recommend. Go new, go old, go with a cheaper one, go with a more expensive one. It just depends, I guess, on who you are and how you're feeling that day. <laughs> yeah. And, and the thing is, it's not such a drastic difference that mm -hmm. in general, like if you're just a general user, like the, the experience with a 10th generation entry-level iPad is pretty much the same experience with the highest of the highest in iPad Pro, like for the most part. I would say like the 10 gen gets you 95% of what the fully loaded iPad Pro gets you. For a baseline iPad Pro, you can get two 10 generations, two, two and a half of them, or even get like four ninth generation iPads if you really want to, if you're okay having the big uh, forehead and chin. That's the iPad lineup for everybody, you know? Yeah. Leave some comments down below. I would want to know like what is the most used iPad among our audience, you know? Is it you guys go fully loaded on the Pro? Is it just a leisure device? You use it for a little bit of work, kind of in between? always happy to kind of discuss that stuff because you know like i use my ipad kind of as my main workhorse which is funny enough versus most people like to use it like i don't know jeff what is your use case right now for your ipad it is just usually like really random things like i just like my if i don't feel like unplugging my macbook pro and i want to work i want to read something in the kitchen then i'll use my ipad or i don't know man it's just usually completely random there's no like I don't have a workflow, so to speak, for the iPad. Yeah. So you could you could get away with a lesser version of the iPad and not like the iPad Pro. E easily. Yeah. Easily. Because I don't use the Apple Pencil really. I don't mm. I mean, obviously I don't I appreciate the having a laminated display. That's the biggest difference yeah. to me. Like you don't get that laminated display with the old with the uh entry level. Mm. And that I can easily discern that because it looks like the content is like sitting below the screen. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Whereas with the, the higher end laminated models, it looks like you're touching the content. So that's mm -hmm. the only big difference, in my opinion, that turns me off of the entry level iPads. I agree with that. No, yeah, everybody has their own rhyme or reason for using their iPad, depending on which one you have and what your use cases are. Now, for me, which I'm very happy about, is we also got the dimensions for the new iPad, iPad Pro at least, which has, from a form factor standpoint, I don't think it's going to change too much from a form factor standpoint, but it'll be. I think it'll be the same uh, upgrade or difference from the iPhone 14 Pro Max to the iPhone 15 Pro Max, where it's like, it still really looks 95% of the way the same, but there are some slight differences in the actual visual hardware, which is going to be a nice little touch because the iPad to me has looked the same since 20, 2018, yeah. you know, which is, it was ahead of its time back then, in my opinion. Definitely. Yeah. So the, the, big, the big key things here are from a size proportion is that it's going to get way slimmer. Right. So by way slimmer, I mean, going from six millimeters to five millimeters, which is already crazy. That's super thin. Like yeah. That's <laughs> to thin to the point where I'm like, you get worried about bending the thing. Yeah. We're it's... going back to the unbox therapy days of bending yeah. the iPhone six. <laughs> I mean, Apple says it's because we're going OLED for versus mini LED. And apparently that display tech, I mean, I don't know if you know a little bit more, but the display tech is just thinner. So they're able to, you know, save some space there. But I'm surprised they didn't go with a bigger battery, like leave it the same thickness, because I don't think people were complaining about how thick this thing was and give me a bigger battery. But at the same time, OLED draw doesn't require nearly as much battery um, that as a as a display tech. So I, I it would be lesser draw on the battery. So maybe it's sort of like they're able to maintain uh, no doubt they're able to maintain the current battery life yeah. with a thinner form factor. Um, but maybe they could have dramatically increased battery life 
But I don't really hear that many people complaining about battery life for iPads, generally speaking, yeah. unless they're like someone like you who uses video editing software, because that that is a killer for the battery yeah. on the iPad. But for general, like reading and browsing, like iPads have pretty incredible battery life already. No, it's true. Like even uh, just like video consumption, that thing will last you for 10 hours easy, which is crazy. You're right. Like my, my use case, my battery does drain relatively quickly, but I... I practice the worst battery, life, <laughs> I guess, health protocols or whatever. Like I'm always plugged into power. I always yeah. have an SSD plugged into it. I have brightness fully on. Auto lock is turned off, you know? Oh, yeah. Every, every Everything, I'm just always maxing that thing out. You open up the battery uh, settings and it's like all these suggestions telling you to do all these different <laughs> things. Yeah, I get it. So, sometimes I get that. I feel like I'm getting, like the other day it got warm for the first time. I was like, well, maybe I'm doing a little too much on this thing. But yeah, so... I think the battery life, you're right. They wouldn't give us worse battery life, and that's probably why they're just like, let's slim it out. And I also think the reason they're going with a, a slimmer design, it might be a little bit more lightweight, is because supposedly we're getting a new Magic Keyboard, right? And I, the Magic Keyboard combined with the iPad Pro currently is pretty heavy. It's thicker than a MacBook Air. Um, so it's like, why, if you're going just simply for form factor, like a lot of people will say, hey, I want to use an iPad because I want the thinnest, like mm -hmm. the most lightweight setup. And <laughs> Then they get this, this setup right here, and you're like, oh, it's actually thicker than my I or than my MacBook Air. So yeah. I think that to your point, that's a good observation because if there is a new magic keyboard and that magic keyboard is redesigned, uh, maybe it's a little bit heavier because of the materials that are rumored to be used with it. Uh obviously thinning the iPad Pro will go a long way towards making that a little bit more compact. I think that's why it's getting a little thinner and a little slimmer. So that, you know, we'll see what happens. I'm just excited overall. It's the first time I've been excited about iPad in a little while. And then I had tweeted the other day. I was like, is it bad that I'm more excited for the iPad lineup coming out in March than I was for the Vision Pro? I might have been gassing people a little bit with that one because I was pretty excited about the Vision Pro. But uh, I am excited about the iPad for sure. Well, we take it for granted now, right? Like the iPad. Yeah, we do. Like, but there's a big slab of glass and metal <clears throat> that has the full internet. You can run all sorts mm -hmm. of crazy powerful apps, a super powerful computer in the form factor like that. And you're able to hold it with one hand, like yep. just like that and just read and move it around. But imagine if it was much thinner, Yeah, how, how much improved that experience would be. So I think it's going to be thin to the point where it's going to be like, wow, maybe they'll pull it out of an envelope like they did Ooh, with the, the MacBook Air. Yeah, maybe we'll do the, the throwback. I would go, I'd probably get chills, honestly, if that happened. If Tim Cook just, you know, comes out with the, pulls it out of the manila envelope. <laughs> yeah. That'd be nice. But, uh, but now let's, so that's iPad stuff. I didn't want to take up the whole show talking about iPad because I can keep going with iPad for sure. But I know that you made a video recap in iOS 17.4 because we got a new beta update and there was actually some, you know, actual tangible changes. Yeah. Yeah. One of the, the cool changes is um, you get a new hello screen. So Ooh. when you, when you. Obviously, if you're upgrading, it doesn't apply to, to <laughs> users that are getting new devices because how would it know who yeah. the person belonged to? But uh, so if you're upgrading, um, you get a new hello screen, same screen, but you get your little a little icon that shows mm -hmm. your uh, profile photo. Um, nice. So, of course, my thinking, I go immediately to, oh, are we getting like user profiles now that we can switch <laughs> like on the Mac? Well, obviously well, how not. How do you think right? of that? Obviously not. I, don't, yeah. I wouldn't think maybe, maybe on the, the iPad, maybe iPad OS uh, yeah, 18 will give us, yeah. I mean, it looked like 
it almost looks like a like the login screen on a Mac. Yeah, it does. Um, it really does. So who knows? Maybe, maybe we could hope. I don't think it will apply to the iPhone. Obviously, it's a personal device, mm-hmm. but the iPad can be easily a, a shared communal For device. Sure. Yeah, like imagine passing that thing around in the back seat with like the three kids or something. They all want to watch different movies, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. I could definitely think like there's definitely a big use case for more than one user on one iPad. For sure. Apple, Apple needs to fix that. For sure. Yeah. So yeah. maybe, but there's some other little things in there. You get the um, the updated uh, CarPlay interface, um, mm-hmm. which for the dual screen CarPlay setups, being able to to move the the navigation data over to the instrument cluster and back and forth like that. What else was new in that? Uh, oh, some battery health updates. So now yeah. the, the battery health, when you go to settings battery, uh, previously it combined that with optimized charging. So all that data was in like one settings panel, but now Apple's broken it out. So your battery health settings and optimized charging are now two separate panels. Um, nice. Yeah. And then Apple also removed or moved the, cycle count for your battery, the manufacturer date, and the first use date information from settings general about to settings battery, which makes a lot more sense. It does, yeah. There. yeah. Uh, okay. And then and then finally, there's that new quantum computer protection for <laughs> iMessage, which this is... is uh, bu- buzzwords galore. <laughs> yeah. Quantum computers are like super powerful computers, right? And Eventually, security researchers think that like in 10 years, those quantum computers will be powerful enough and fast enough to be able to crack current encryption, like the current mm-hmm. encryption that's used with iMessage. So the end-to-end encryption with iMessage, um, security researchers think that that and similar types of encryption at that level will be able to be cracked by these quantum computers. So why is that a problem? Well, Say um, someone stole your iMessage data, they could not actually view it now because it's encrypted and there's no way to crack that encryption yet. So what they would do is just hoard all that data, wait 10 years until these quantum computers are powerful enough and they exist to be able to crack that encryption. And then they have mm-hmm. all your message data from 10 years ago, right? Like, yeah. So, I mean, it's still kind of crazy. It is crazy, yeah. 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 But obviously, that doesn't just apply to iMessage. I mean, that's any computer or any sort of service that uses this sort of encryption. And so Apple is going to go ahead and implement, they already have implemented that in the uh, 17.4 beta. Um, so with the idea of not only having more powerful encryption, but also regenerating encryption keys, Ooh, in real perpetually. time. Yeah. yeah so forever. Yeah. So it's like, so say that quantum encryption does get compromised. One of the keys gets compromised. You can see your conversation data. Well, that conversation data, a new key will be generated for that oh. and then re-encrypt it. So even if someone gets the key, a new key is generated. Yeah. It's just an interesting concept, like being able to have like self-healing it's almost like self-healing, yeah. like pink protection film. <laughs> Do we have to turn something on or no? It's no, all just you, happening in the background, right? Yeah. So when you upgrade to watchOS, um, the equivalent versions, watchOS, macOS, um, iOS, and iPadOS, then you're basically, uh, yeah. you're opted in. Yeah. So cool. I guess what's most interesting is that Apple, like of all people, all companies, they would know that this is a, a real threat, right? Yeah. So it's like, For sure. if, yeah, they they see this coming. 
And eventually it's going to get to the point where the current encryption just isn't enough. And then the last thing that we kind of wanted to bring up that Apple also released yesterday, or was it two days ago now at this point, uh, a new application, a new native application, native sports app. So you guys may or may not have noticed over the last couple of years, Apple has been heavily investing in the sports world. I guess they see that it's a, a common ground for a lot of people, a lot of different you know cultures kind of come together and they're able to find that common ground with sports. And then also, it's just a very lucrative space right now. Sports is going crazy from you know valuations of sports teams and sports leagues to betting in the US and all this stuff that's happening. So Apple, you know, last year bought the rights to MLS for 10 years so to be able to broadcast that, which I thought was awesome. Uh, I think they fought for the ability to have DirecTV Sunday Ticket or just Sunday Ticket now at this point, which is the NFL version of that. They lost that to YouTube. Um, but now they're doubling down on a sports application. I believe also last year they had, they added a section in the Apple TV app that was kind of maybe like a testing ground for this, where uh, it was just all sports information. And now they broke it off into a separate application. So this is the Apple sports app. And they took, in my opinion, the same approach that they took with the journal app, which was like the simpler, the better. Keep it simple. It's here to do one or two things and nothing really else. Like, I don't know if you've downloaded something like ESPN recently or Scoreboard or Bleacher Report. There's a lot going on in those apps, man. They're trying to sell you on ESPN+. Plus. They're trying to create some sort of social network where you can comment on people's things. Like, they're trying to do original content on ESPN. So when I open the ESPN app, it's it's just an overload of information that I don't, I just want to see the score, man. <laughs> yeah. There's like pop-ups and all sorts yeah. of other nonsense and all this stuff about sports betting. And it's just, mm -hmm. it is, it is, it's a terrible experience. Like I don't even bother yeah. with ESPN app anymore, honestly. Me either. Like I'll just it's search crazy. them. Yeah. Apple is like taking the complete opposite take on that. Like you said, almost to the point where it's a little too simple in my opinion. Uh, but obviously this is version 1.0 to me, this it's, it feels different than mm -hmm. like the animations are interesting. Uh, that's kind yeah, of the first thing that stuck out to me. It's like just the animations are, I don't know. Somebody tweeted, I think it was Parker that tweeted that they'd also noticed that the, just the way that some of the animations are moving and even some of the icons look a little different and it could be kind of a, uh, a little window into what iOS 18 could be acting like in the future, which I, which I kind of believe, but yeah, the, the app itself is very bare bones right now, right? Like I said, they took the same approach with the journal app. There's no, there's not even like a menu bar on the bottom. There's one option on the top right, which is, you know, your Apple ID and then for you to manage your leagues and your teams. And right now it's essentially to be able to view scores, view games, not view games, but view the scores in real time. Uh, so you get like live uh, score updates. You get to see statistics on your players and things like that, but you can't even follow individual players like you could with the Apple TV section version of the sports application. But I think for what it's for, it's perfect, right? It gives you just enough information for you to go in, check in real time. Every single league, every major league is in there for the most part, except for the NFL and college football because they're in the off season. So I guess they figured there's no point in adding that right now. Um, but I already added, you know, my Miami Heat were in there. Uh, my Florida Panthers, the Hurricanes, you know, all my Miami sports teams were in there, you know, intra-Miami. So um, I'm, I'm enjoying the app. UI is nice. Animations are cool. Very simple. And you get exactly what you're looking for, which is, you know, stats and sport and scores. Yeah. Uh, it's a nicely designed app. I even like the, like the, you notice the animations that occur, like when you look at a game's like summary, like yeah, the, the colors of the logo are like uh -huh. sort of a gradient that's moving slowly. It's kind of cool. And then also if you, 
if you click on a on a game, it opens up kind of like a card where like the the ba- the back of the application is still visible, and then if you swipe up, it takes up the whole screen. It like yeah. like opens up a little bit more, which I thought was which I thought was cool. Yeah, um, it is. So yeah, overall, I like the app. It's going to be my sports app moving forward because I don't do too much. Like I'm not a big I'm not big into betting at all to begin with. It does give you the odds of the game. Some people were hit or miss on that, but you can turn it off in the settings if you don't want to see the odds of the games. So if you're not into that, turn it off. I like to see the odds just to see what teams are favored. In yeah, my opinion. I think that's to me yeah. like the majority of people. Well, maybe not because betting is such a in the US, thing. I think it's crazy right now. It's it's insane. Like I, I get so annoyed with all these commercials, yeah. but that's I'm not going to go there. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm glad there's an option to turn it off because yeah. that's like the only setting, is isn't it? In the this only <laughs> setting option, turn off. Fine. Turn off showing the betting odds. Um, but you do you know what the big like missing feature is of this? Oh yeah. Tell me. Why? Live activities. There's no live activities. Like how's that how do they ship this with the most obvious feature for for a sports app? Like that's right? like give me the live activity. And I've been loving live. I mean, not a lot of apps have live activities, but like when they show up, I really like them. So I don't know why mm-hmm. Apple didn't do it for this app like you said, this application would have been perfect for it. And I'm sure, it, like we said, this is 1.0. Yeah, it's, it's coming. Fun. Like, I don't want to yeah. feel sound like I'm. There's no way I can make something like this. So it's like, <laughs> like I'm. I'm not bashing it. It's. I think that we do that. Like people, just reviewers or just critics in general. Like they're so quick to like. Why didn't they do this? Like, all right, you do it then. That's what. Yeah, right. I gotta. I'm sure. Like, it, I mean, in theory, it sounds easy, but I'm sure there's a lot more under the hood. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot this. of moving parts and stuff. So I'm not yeah. saying that, but it, it's just. I guess a low hanging fruit, like an obvious feature yeah. that we, we would expect. So, yeah. No, yeah. I would love live activities, maybe like a same idea, but with a widget on the home screen. It'd be cool mm-hmm. to have like a live widget that shows you the score in real time. Um, being able to track individual players. Like yes. I know people are big into fantasy sports. So yes. if you want to track an individual performer, that'd be cool. But outside of that, like I don't want to overcomplicate it. You know, maybe... Uh, being able to click on a game and if you pay for like i pay for nba league pass maybe if it could route me to nba league pass if a game is starting so i can view it um but outside of that like i don't want it to be crazy i want it to be simple simple yeah yeah i agree man like i think this app has potential to be really good because of that simplicity it just does it just tells you sports scores there's not i don't even want any sports news i don't care about somebody's uh, this is the if you look at the headlines at ESPN, it's the most ridiculous thing sometimes. Like I couldn't care less. As, yeah, I, I couldn't used to care love less. Love Sports Center and ESPN. Now I just yeah. don't watch it. But I don't want to hear gossip and all that. Like just yeah. give me the score, please. Thank you. That's all I care about. Uh, but I mean, that was pretty much all we got this year, or not this year, this week from Apple. Uh, there was some also rumor just to keep with the sports talk about. Apple doing an immersive type of uh, VR, AR content for MLS for the playoffs this year, which I think it's still a couple months away. But people saw like eight, an 8K camera with, you know, uh, what's it called? The dual lens 8K camera set up. Mm-hmm. So maybe Apple can give us some sports content, which I think that's going to be cool. Yeah. If there's so, some awesome sports content. For sure. So uh, uh, with that being said, hold on. Sorry, yeah, show, normally, show it to us. So, 
It's not exactly this, I don't think, but obviously it's not this. But like we think about the the Vision Pro and the 8K camera, like so basically what they have is like a dual fisheye lens, sort of like that. That thing. Uh, this is a Canon, um, let's see, RF 5.2 f 2.8L fisheye lens. So this is an 8K camera. This connects to this, so you can get spatial video with that. Uh, 180 That's degree crazy. VR, which is what this will be using. So here's Apple, what they said in their press release. They said, coming soon, all Apple Vision Pro users can experience the best of the 2023 MLS Cup playoffs. Hold on. 2023. Oh, maybe they're showing content from last year then. Maybe the content's ready. Oh, yeah. I didn't even catch that. Uh, like, <laughs> me either. I was like, oh, it's for the playoffs this year. <laughs> Reading is fundamental, man. Reading is fundamental. All right, so coming soon, all Vision Pro users can experience the best of the 2023 MLS Cup playoffs with the first ever sports film captured in Apple immersive video. Viewers will feel every heart-pounding moment in AK3D the 180 degree field of view and spatial audio that transports them to each match. That's going to be awesome. And, sick. but Apple kills me when they, they rebrand, like it's Apple immersive video, basically VR yeah. 180 degrees, right? Like yeah. hey, obviously have the spatial, <laughs> it's just funny, man. But yeah, so it's 2023. So it's not like, huh? So it's gotta be out. I mean, did you, did you do the, I guess you didn't do the demo in store when you picked up the vision pro, right? Mm-mm. There, when I did it, there was they showed like a couple of clips. One of them was an MLS like goal being. It was like a five second snippet, and it was crazy. It was crazy. It was like an MLS goal being scored. So that's probably that's got to be from this. You know. Yeah. So it makes me wonder, like, if and I'm sorry, I don't want to drag this out too long, but if if yeah, go for it. If um, like, will we be able to get live games like this? Eventually, because because it said like there's a lot of post processing that's involved with this, but I don't with Apple's mm. obviously resources they could maybe make it. I don't know if it, if the technology exists to live stream a in spatial video. Yeah, like is there is there any app out there that does that now? I mean, I remember like even years ago they were saying that was going to happen with like NBA courtside seats with like with the VR tech that was back you know, five years ago, maybe at this point. So that I'm sure Apple's got something because like being able to view live sports to feel like you're there is something that a lot of people want, including myself like that. I'd go back to the Apple store to get another one. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, yeah, that would be super yeah. like, yeah, like the NBA can make a lot of money off that. Like they, yeah, like the league pass, including that would make like having another tier of league pass to include yeah. spatial would be like, major imagine like mm-hmm. I, I read a comment the other day maybe it was i don't know where i read it but it, they were saying what if this was like when in the nfl and you, it automatically moves you to the line of scrimmage like yeah. you're right there on like on the 50 yard line but when you know the the team is driving the ball it moves along the line of scrimmage and you yeah, have it's this, almost like you're on the coach on the sideline yeah kind of vibe yeah yeah, yeah. which is like, crazy I think yeah, the potential I would pay a for lot this of money is, for that. <laughs> yeah, but it's just like the technology. Does that exist to where you can stream spatial? Because, like I said, there's post process. Like the process of just re- filming this and then actually getting it viewable in spatial isn't totally like a super simple thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some of the apps that have come out recently for Vision Pro will allow you to uh, less of a 
a workflow process to get to the point where it's viewable. So I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, I'm sure in due time we'll get we'll get a situation where you can feel like you're courtside. Because I mean, yeah. think about it. If a courtside ticket to like a, a Lakers game is like ten grand, fifteen grand, depending on what the situation is. And here's the People, thing. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. Like, no, but I'm, my my imagination is just kind of running. like, <laughs> what if you're like. What if they had courtside seats, but you could literally see the person, it's like their next their avatar, their the persona next uh-huh. to you, and you could like communicate with them. Like this, I'm taking this too far. No, I mean I'm down. I'm ready for it. You can I like mean, high five I mean, them, yeah. like when your team scores or something. Like because ah, I mean that's the best part, being able to like enjoy your sports team with other people that are rooting for that same team. I, that's one of my favorite things to do. Yeah, you know, so everybody's just kind of cheering for that. So, I mean, sky's the limit. It just depends on how much Apple wants to open this thing up and depends on how much money they got to pay to license all this stuff probably and or who's paying who, who's shaking whose hand. Let's see what happens. I'm just excited for it. Yeah. For sure. It's just the beginning. I know. Our, the imagination started I could see it in Jeff's face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's dangerous, uh, man. That's real dangerous. Uh, but, I mean, that's that's all we got this week. If you want to round us off, man. Yeah. Off um, weekend. Uh, hope everyone has a great weekend. Also, be sure if you like this podcast to subscribe. Number one, we'll have the link down below, and also rate us on uh, the podcast app. And uh, of course, you can always subscribe to us here on YouTube as well. Please do. And hope you guys have so a we great can, weekend. So we can feed our pets, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're eating us out of house and home. Yeah. <laughs> awesome guys. Thanks for the time. 